0: Well, good morning and welcome to Bridgewater. My name is Tim, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. And we're excited that you're here. And uh, like that movie, um, it's kind of an interesting depiction of baptism. In fact, almost every time you see a movie and they want to depict spirituality or something happening spiritually, they'll show a baptism like that. And there's a huge misunderstanding there. You know, Delmar goes in there, and he believes because he got dunked, That all of his sins are now washed away. He says, God has nothing on me now. Well, is that really true? Is that what God does? Does God really just use a dunking to cleanse all of our sins? And he shows these people kind of like robots, just kind of walking into this water. But I do love his last line Come on in, boys. The water is fine. Today, we're talking about baptism, and we're connecting it to our vision series, because we believe here that everybody has a next step, and one of those next steps for us is taking our faith public by baptism, and so today, I'm gonna tell you, my goal is, if you've placed your faith in Christ, is to show you, from God's word, that He wants you to go public with your faith through baptism And as we start, I want to show you Matthew chapter 28. This is the Great Commission. That Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Meaning, if we are going to live out the Great Commission, if we're going to go and make disciples, baptizing people, how can I live that out if I've not been baptized? baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So that that word go is a participle. It's go, going, keep going, keep making disciples, keep sharing the good news of Jesus with other people, keep teaching them. But then that baptism is a one-time event. That you would share the gospel with people. And if you've placed your faith in Christ, God wants you to be baptized. It's really interesting. Because as you look at scripture, this is really the one command that is supposed to be done one time. Even salvation You're to place your faith in Christ one time, but you're to continually live out your salvation. You're to continually live out your faith. But this is unique because Jesus says, Go and make disciples and baptize them one time. So here's the question What's holding you back from going all in? What's holding you back? If you've placed your faith in Christ, what's stopping you? Today, I hope to answer a bunch of your questions because I know there could be some questions, there could be some fears. And one of the questions might be is, I don't really understand what baptism is or who it's for. What is baptism? Well, it's a time to really turn from your independence to your dependence in God. Baptism is about publicly proclaiming, I'm a follower of Jesus, And that's why we want you to get in front of as many people as possible because it's a public declaration that I have put my faith in Christ. We don't say, go home and get baptized in your bathtub. Go home and get baptized in your jacuzzi. Go home and get baptized in your swimming pool. We want you to get in front of as many people as possible so that you can publicly proclaim, I've decided to follow Jesus but not only is it a public declaration of your faith, it's also very private and personal, right? So that when you get up here and you get baptized, you're saying, I've made this decision. You're going to get in that tank and you're going to be on your own. Yeah, you know, we'll be up here with you, but it's the one thing that, that we do that's personal. We do so many things here at church that are really a community that we teach and we preach and we listen to God's word in community. We sing in community. Last week, we took communion in community. We pray in community. A few weeks ago, we went and served as a community. But baptism is the one thing that you're doing on your own. So it's a public declaration but it's a personal declaration but it's also a picture of your unity with Christ that you were buried with Christ and then you were raised with Christ it's a picture of the gospel that's what baptism is about it's saying I've decided to follow Jesus I died with Jesus and so did my sins I was buried with Jesus and when I put my faith in Christ I I was raised to new life in Christ. It's interesting because Jesus actually sets the example in Matthew chapter three. So if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter three. If not, we will put it on the screen. Matthew chapter three, we'll start reading in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Can you imagine that? There is John baptized baptizing people one after another, and Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, walks up and says, John, I want you to baptize me. That's incredible. But John tried to deter him. I would too. I'd be like, no way, this is crazy. You should baptize me. Saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Next verse. Jesus replied, let it be now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Jesus was baptized. He was in this river. They put him all the way into the river, and they pulled him all the way out. It's a picture of the death, burial, burial and resurrection, and he went deep into that water, pulled him out. At the moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. Baptism. The word baptize means to plunge, immerse, submerge. That's what happened. Jesus setting the example because he is going to command his followers, his disciples to be baptized. And he's saying, you should be baptized. It's the idea of going all the way into the water. I know there's a lot of controversy. And maybe you've been baptized, you were, you were sprinkled as a baby or someone poured water over you. But the word actually means to go all the way in under the water. Well, How do you know that, Tim? Context is king. Here's an example. A few weeks ago, we were eating lunch, and there was a fly, an annoying fly, as they are, flying around, landing on my kids' plates, and then one of my kids would swat at it, and then it would go over to another plate, and another kid would swat at it, and eventually lands on Edmund's plate. Edmund is four, and he yells out as he's swatting at it, I'm going to kill you! Now... Had you been walking by our house with the windows open and the doors open and you heard this four-year-old little boy yell out, I'm going to kill you, what would you think? There's a troubled little boy in that house. Someone should call 911. He has some issues, right? Because all you heard was that statement is, I'm going to kill you. Ripped out of context, you have no idea what that means, But in the context of an annoying fly going around your food, buzzing around your head, you probably would have thought and said the same thing. Context sets the meaning. What does baptism mean? Well, we see Jesus going into the water, being fully submerged and coming out. You see, if he had been sprinkled, he would not have needed to go into the water. I mean, John could have just grabbed a handful of water and been like, if he was gonna pour water over him, he could have just grabbed some water and just poured it on him. But he immersed him. That's the context. That's what Jesus is doing. He's coming out of the water. So how do we get baptized? Well, I would argue that we get baptized by immersion, Romans 6 tells us that our baptism is a picture of the death, the burial, and resurrection. So let me ask you what might seem like an obvious question. Which word would best describe death and burial? Immersion or sprinkling? So context would tell us that you would not sprinkle someone with dirt, you would not pour over dirt, but you would put them all the way into the ground. That's the picture, that's what happened. When you and I placed our faith in Christ, we died with him, our sins died with him, we were buried, but the good news is, we were raised to new life with him. Hallelujah, that's amazing. That is the good news. And so when you make a decision to get baptized, you are going public saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. He's my leader, he's my savior, he's my forgiver, and I am all in. So what's stopping you? In the book of Acts, we see a a eunuch traveling and he's reading the book of Isaiah and he's trying to figure this out. And so this guy named Philip comes over to him, explains the good news of Jesus Christ to him. And this, this guy decides, hey, I wanna put my faith in Christ too. And they see a body of water and they go, I wanna get baptized. And Philip baptizes him. Almost the same way that Jesus was baptized. He goes all the way into the water and brings him out. If you want to write that down, it's Acts 8, 36 through 37. It says, then Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and then they came out of the water. So context would say that baptism is by immersion. They were plunging you in. In the first century, when they would dye clothes, they would take the article of clothing and they would baptize it. They would immerse it into the dye, and that would color it. They wouldn't sprinkle it. They wouldn't pour it over. They would put it fully into that dye. That's the picture. In the Old Testament, they would baptize people. They had a, there was a Hebrew word called mikvah, and this was a collection of water. I'm going to show you a mikveh. They would walk down these steps, typically seven steps. They would walk down these steps, and as they were taking these steps, they would take their clothes off. Thankfully, we don't do that. We keep ours on. And they would immerse themselves. This was a, a ceremony, a, a cleansing, a purity. They would, they would totally immerse themselves. And archaeology would show you that they have found these, where they would completely go underwater, enough water to submerge, plunge themselves in. And so archaeology would show that this is how they baptized in the Old Testament. And so, baptism is not a condition of salvation, but it is evidence of salvation. Meaning, I don't get baptized like Delmar, thinking, well, now that I've gone underwater, now I'm saved, now my sins are washed away. But what we do, what we believe here, what the Bible teaches, is that we are far from God, We recognize that we have sin that separates us from Jesus. Recognize that he died on the cross for our sins. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. We ask him to be our savior, and we place our faith in Jesus. In faith alone, we find salvation. And after that, we go, you know what? I want to publicly tell everybody that I'm a follower of of Jesus, I'm going to get baptized. It's like a wedding ring. When I first got married, I had a ring just like this. This is not the original ring, it's made of tungsten and I hit it on something and it shattered. This is a hard metal, it can't be resized. And uh, when I shattered my ring, I didn't have a wedding ring for a couple weeks. Was I no longer married? No, I was married. I was still married because this ring is just a picture that I'm married. And you don't need a wedding ring. You can get a tattoo. You don't even need that. But just if you're single, just because you go out and buy a nice ring and put it on your finger, that doesn't make you married. This is a picture. This is a symbol saying, "I am married. I have made a promise. I've made a declaration to Shana, for better or worse." That's baptism. It's a picture. I have already decided to follow Jesus, and now I'm standing up in front of as many people as I can, and I'm going public with my faith. What about what if I was baptized as a kid, like? Should I be rebaptized? Let me answer that. In Acts 19, we do have an example of someone being rebaptized. Acts 19, verse 1. While Apollos was at church, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked then, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the only place we see in the New Testament where it refers to someone being rebaptized. When they were baptized by John, it was anticipating of the coming Messiah, of the coming Christ. And after they decided to follow Jesus, they were re-baptized. This is the one time that we see that Jesus was the fulfillment. And so if you're here and maybe you were baptized as a baby or as a young child, but let me ask you this. Was that a decision that you made or was that a decision that someone made for you? Because if you're here and you're wondering, should I be baptized as a child, I would say Yeah, I think you should consider being re-baptized if you've placed your faith in Jesus. But Tim, you don't understand. Wouldn't that be like a slap in the face to my parents? I don't think so. If your parents baptized you as a baby, they did that with really good intentions. They did that hoping that one day you would give your life to Jesus. And I think that, if you've already made the decision to follow Jesus after you were baptized as a child, you should consider getting rebaptized to, to go public and say, I have made the decision. This is the, the culmination of everything that my parents were hoping for and praying for and thinking of. And so if you were baptized as a baby, you were sprinkled, and that wasn't a, des- a decision that you made, I would encourage you to think about maybe getting rebaptized. So why should I get baptized? Well, number one, we see that Jesus commands it. Jesus says, go and make disciples and baptize those disciples. That if we're going to live out the great commission, that requires me to go make disciples. And if I'm going to live that out, I should set the example and I need to be baptized too. Secondly, we see the apostles Commanding this. Let me show you in Acts chapter 2. This is Peter's first sermon. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. It says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and all the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Verse 39, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Verse 40, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from the corrupt generation, those who accepted his message. They accepted his message first and then then they were baptized. About 3,000 were added to the number that day. So, the picture, the example is they placed their faith in Christ first. Then they got baptized. And this is the beginning of the church. 3,000 people placed their faith in Christ and they got up in front of thousands of people and said, I want to go public with my faith. Jesus commanded it. The apostles commanded it. And church history shows that this has been the practice. For the last 2,000 years, followers of Jesus have been going public with their faith. Why should I get baptized? Because Jesus commands it. The apostles command it. God's word commands it. This is the example that we see in church history. So here's my question. Why should you get baptized? Well, if you refuse, are you really following Jesus? Or are you just an admirer? What's holding you back? And I get it. It can be scary. It can be intimidating. Tim, I'm going to have to stand up in front of people. I might have to say something. I don't know if I can do that. And it will take a lot of courage to get up in front of people and get in that tank. But are you a follower of Jesus or an admirer? There was no such thing in the first century as an unbaptized follower of Jesus. In the first century, when people followed Jesus, they were all in and they were baptized. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've placed your faith in him and you've never been baptized, the question is, why not? What's holding you back? What's stopping you from going all in? And I looked at the survey that we took last year and here's what I saw. 26% of people who go to Bridgewater and have placed their faith in Christ have not been baptized. 30% of our campus said they've placed their faith in Jesus and they haven't been baptized. And I think that percentage is probably even higher. So what's stopping you? What's stopping you from taking your next step If you're a follower of Jesus, and you've already been baptized, that's awesome. The question for you is, what's your next step? What's next for you? How do you more fully live out the great commission? So, what's next? I really believe that every believer who has put their faith in Christ should be baptized. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I don't know if I can really do that. That can be scary. Here's what 2 Timothy 1.7 says. 2 Timothy 1.7, for the spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God does not give you or me a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, and self-discipline. Fear can be crippling. I get it. Here's the second reason people might not want to get baptized is, I don't completely follow Jesus right now. That might be you. You might be here and, and you're not all in. So what are the three reasons why you might not be getting baptized? One, I'm afraid. I am terrified of getting baptized. Don't let fear stop you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Secondly, you might think, well, I have have sin in my life that I just don't want to give up. Listen, you don't have to be perfect to be baptized. You don't have to have everything all in order before you get baptized. You'll never be perfect perfect here. And so if that's holding you back, I would encourage you to take that next step and say, you know what? I do have sin in my life. There are some things that I need to straighten out, but I am willing to get baptized and I want to make my faith public. Third, maybe you don't believe. That might actually be the best reason. If you don't believe in Jesus, you shouldn't be baptized. That's not for you. Baptism does not save you. Baptism doesn't make you right with God. Baptism is a public declaration that you have put your faith in Christ. It's a personal declaration that you have made. It's a choice. You're saying, I am walking in obedience. I'm following Jesus. I am all in. So what do I need to do? Maybe you're here and you're thinking, oh, Tim, I've never been baptized and and I'm a follower of Jesus. What's next? Here's what's next. Grab this little communication card out of the seat in front of you. And on the back, there's a little edge you can tear off. It folds nicely like this. And on the back, there's an option You can mark a box, baptism. You can mark a box, discovery class. If you have never taken our discovery class, you should. Jeff is leading a discovery class in a few weeks, and it is going to be incredible. Even if you've already been baptized, if you've never taken our discovery class, you should. It is that good. But if you're here this morning, and you're thinking, you know what? I've placed my faith in Jesus. I've never been baptized. Then grab one of these cards rip it off, fill out this information, mark discovery class, mark baptism, and we will take it from there. We'll follow up with you and we'll send you a link. There's a form online or we can print it off and help you fill it out to to take care of that next step. We want to get you in the pipeline to take that next step and we'll sit down with you, we'll answer all of your questions, we'll help you figure this out. If you have questions, yeah, buts, that's okay. So fill out the communication card, click on Discovery Class, check off baptism, and we will follow up with you. Jesus died for you. He literally died on the cross, and he paid for all of your sins. And so if you have put your faith in Christ and you've never been baptized, what's stopping you? Why not? In a moment, we're actually going to celebrate a couple of baptisms. and It is an incredible thing to see people go public with their faith. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite Star up. Father in heaven, we are amazed by your grace. We're thankful that we can interact and open up your word and have a clear understanding of about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Father, I'm thankful for, for Star and Loria this morning who are going to go public with their faith. I'm excited that they have decided not only to follow you, but to tell everybody about it. And I know that these ladies are nervous. Pray that you would comfort them in this time, that those jitters pass away and that they would boldly share about who you are and their love and desire for you. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let me ask Star to come up. Star is going to get baptized and she is...